What's up, Slow Drip listeners? This is your host, Zach. And Matt. And we have an exciting announcement. CisternaCoffeeCo.com is officially up and running. We are live. And everything is in stock. Uh, We've got our mugs ready to ship. Right in time for Christmas. Today's date is December the 7th. Um, So everything is ready for you to go. Um, Bolivian coffee's in stock. Thai coffee's in stock. Everything's freshly roasted. Coffee mugs, decals. Uh, This has been a long time coming. The site is beautiful and uh, ready to go. So... Wherever you're joining us on the Slow Drip journey, whether it's episode one or the end of the season, take a minute and go check out our new website and store and uh, pick up some coffee just in time for the holidays. I mean... Worst case, I can record one and just throw it up. When you sound normal? When I sound like I'm not, when it sounds like I've not eaten lit charcoal. I think that's probably a good idea. Welcome back to the Slow Drip Podcast with Zach and Matt. And we are recording the last episode of season one it's kind of bittersweet right now i know it is i mean when we get together it's like man i love podcast day and then coming in today it's like this is the last one i we mean know it. We, yeah for the season yeah we're we not to, we're not gonna stop recording yeah we need to say that we're not stopping the podcast we're just ending the season right Yes, indeed. And we've got some exciting things to share today as we wrap up a two-part series on Advent going into the holiday season. And to start us off, let's talk about the coffee that we are enjoying right now, Zach. Well, the entire bag is in Spanish. Espanol. (laughs) So, yes. hold on, let me grab it. Well, while Zach's grabbing that, uh, this is a special Paraguayan coffee that was brought to us by our good friend Gabe Ernst. Um, and so it is Guarania, right? Yep. Yeah, Guarania. Guarania from Paraguay. And he brought that and gave it to me back in September. We've been kind of sitting on it and waiting for the right moment to share it on the slow drip and today is a great great day to do that because um, Gabe announced Mm -hmm. this week that he is almost fully funded I think he's 95% funded for his monthly support and he has purchased a one-way ticket to Ascension Paraguay and so I think January 17th, he said, is when he departs. Yeah. And he is headed to the mission field. And we are super excited for him. We've been praying with him and following his journey. And um, we featured him on our website as one of the mission missionaries and mission partners that we want to work with as far as Cisterna Coffee goes. And so we will be following along closely with what he's doing and uh, so today was the right day to highlight 
the Guarani up. I think coffee. so. They being one of the first um, missionaries that we actually partner with and ending the season on that is yeah pretty can it just further solidifies what we're like prepping to do or what we're setting out to do and brings everything back full circle too yeah well, what do you think of the coffee it's good um it says that it's a i mean the whole bag's in spanish so i can't i can't make everything out but tostado medio is medium roast but i would venture to say that it might be a little darker it's a little on the darker side for me. Um, the first tasting notes that I have coming through are like black licorice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. It's it's a good medium-bodied coffee. It's not bitter. It's not dry. Uh, it's fairly smooth, and um, I get I get kind of black licorice notes, not too heavy on like a, a burnt sugar or caramel kind of kind of flavor. Um, I wouldn't say there's much any fruit forward flavors in it at all. And the thing no. you would be kind of looking for something like uh, plum or some kind of stone fruit. Stone, yeah. But um, if anything, there may be dark cherry. Uh, but I really think licorice is what I, I get the most of. But I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a fairly good cup of coffee for... For a pre-ground. Right. It's a departure from what we typically sample here on the Slow Drip, but uh, um, it's a good one to to sign off on as we, um, we're celebrating with you, Gabe. If you're listening, we're celebrating with you. We're excited uh, for what God's going to be doing in your life and through you and the lives of the Paraguayans that you're working with. And um, Zach and I both were watching your your live stream earlier this week and we're really excited to to see that there that you are ready to go so rest up my friend and enjoy the time you have with family i'm sure this is a bittersweet uh, holiday season for you as you're excited to finally hit the mission field and do what god's called you to do but also knowing that you're you're saying farewell to to friends and family at yeah. least for a short while so yeah well, just in time for the holidays. Here we are, wrapping up season one of the Slow Drip. And we did announce last week, we are very excited that um, the full rebrand of CisternaCoffeeCo.com is launched. And just in time for holidays, we've got Bolivian coffee, we have Thai coffee, we have mugs, we have decals everything that you would want to put under the tree or in a loved one's stocking is ready to go. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, We'll say it at the front of the episode and at the end probably that uh, you can find the link to the store in the website or in the show notes Um, and to go check that out because we're excited about it. And um, we did say we're not excited to be ending season one, but... I'm excited to see where, how this continues, where it continues mm-hmm. to. Yes. And so as we sign off on our last episode for this year, just know that we have a lot of ideas. We've got a lot of things on the drawing board and that um, we're going to be working behind the scenes and that sometime probably in early February, we will 
be launching season two. And so, uh, like Zach said, we're excited to see what happens. And uh, we're going to finish up the season, hopefully on a high note, as we wrap up a two-part series on Advent, like I said. And uh, last week, um, we talked about hope hope, and peace. Yep. And so this week, we're going to talk about joy and love and what those mean around this time of year, and particularly for the Advent season, and um, and uh, just kind of get right into it. So, um, Zach, how are you feeling going in? We're we're now less than two weeks to Christmas. How am I feeling about the season? Yeah. <coughs> um, I'm excited to uh, take a break from work. I'm excited to spend some time with family. Um, I've not seen my folks or like my brother and my sister since uh, summer. And actually, the week after we got back from Bolivia. Mm. So I've not seen them in about six months. Um, um, I'm just excited to be able to shut off for a, for a little while and right. actually rest and and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be nice. Good. Yeah, you need it. Yeah. Don't we all? Yeah. No, we do. And I, I mean, in I asked that in part in segue because last week we were both, we were both, you could, if you listened to last week's episode, you could probably hear we're both kind of burning the candle at both ends, getting, getting everything ready for store launch and all of that. And just as we were talking, I thought it was, it was kind of a hypocritical irony that as we were talking about peace, uh, and, peace and hope, we're both feeling all the kind of the negative. We didn't have any peace last week. No, I mean, and that's the that's the reality. And I think there's a there's a a part of that that we can be honest with ourselves that, um, that throughout the holiday season there are plenty of other things that um, get in the way. Yeah. Of really focusing on on what truly is important this time of year and that's that's why I think it was important for me uh, and uh, and you to end our season one talking about Advent and talking about kind of a way to reclaim our hearts and our minds a little bit from the frenetic energy that exists around the holiday seasons and well, we, and I think for you and I too it's like we we both have a tendency to we're all in all the time. Mm -hmm. Like you're always go, 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 go. I'm always go, 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 go. And like, it's hard to shut off. It's hard to stop. Mm -hmm. Um, so like last week in the hope and peace episode, I get, um, I think I mentioned it's, it's more of a forceful, like you have to force yourself to, to do it. It's a, it's a, it's a, a proactive reflection. Correct. Rather than just something. I mean, Advent, you can participate or not. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's not, I mean, it is something to reflect on. It is something to, to kind of meditate. And so like with us all the time, not just during Christmas, all the time, we're 
constantly doing something constantly on the go. Mm-hmm. And I think like it's, it's, it's difficult for us to kind of shut off and, and reflect. So maybe, you know, going through this little mini series, if you want to call it that, I think it's good for, it's good for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and hopefully it's, it's good for those of you that are listening as well. And I agree that the, the tenants, the practice behind, um, uh, the Advent season are things that we hopefully can cultivate and practice year round. And I know that it's, it's something that I strive for in daily life to, to try to be more reflective. Um, but again, just by the nature of what we do, you and I in particular, there is a, a constant being on. Yeah. And so it's hard to, to always find that. And so for me, slowing down and really focusing on being more meditative is is a welcome invitation to to kind of settle in a little bit. So if you are deep into Advent um, practice observance, something that your church does, if if you've never heard of it before last week and you're just kind of coming to the table fresh, that's cool too. Uh, maybe you've seen the, the candle um, being lit in, in every church service up to now, and um, all it is is just part of a, a church service for you. Uh, that's cool too. But, um, you know, like I said, we're, we're wanting to kind of dive in a little bit more and talk a little bit more about what's, what's behind it. And um, this week the observance was on joy and so as we ended last week's episode it is uh, joy and then love not love yes and joy. yeah they're reversed in the show notes i put it put it in backwards but um the observance this week is on on the joy of christ's coming and um kind of at the end of last week's episode we talked about how um these things kind of come full circle mm-hmm. and and it's really i think it's really cool how when you get right down into it like the the advent wreath is a circle and as you kind of work your way around the advent wreath and you're focusing on hope and then you know you're focusing on peace and then this week um, the observance in church services has been on joy and so Sunday will be a focus on love and in Christ's love. And, and then it kind of just comes back around full circle. So one of the coolest things, I think, is that when you look at what biblical joy is, um, biblical, jo- or, yeah, biblical joy has to be tethered to hope, kava, mm-hmm. that we talked about last week, and that, that waiting. Um, joy is one of those words and themes that shows up from the very first pages in Genesis all the way through scripture. And, and so, um, kind of on a, at a surface level, you can look at it and, and there's kind of the, the old kind of cliche of, you know, just the grin and bear it and everything's going to be okay. And, and, and biblical joy really kind of is a reflective thing that looks at, okay, I can find deep-rooted joy in the midst of 
whatever circumstance I'm in, right? Yeah. It's not just um, having to, to pretend. Everything's fine. Everything's fine, you know? Everything's good and whatever. It, it's, there's a deeper, like, there are going to be hard parts of our lives, but there are still ways to cultivate joy within that. So from the very beginning of Scripture, you know, in Genesis, you know, God takes a moment and he looks back on creation and he takes joy in what he has created. Um, and so if you kind of attach human interactions mm-hmm. to some of these things, you start to see, or I, I you know, I, I look at it and I go, you know, the, the fact that the creator stepped back and he looked at, at creation and was like, man, this is very good. Yeah. You know, that's why for us, like there's that deep rooted, like you can't be sitting on a mountain vista and see a sunrise or a sunset and not be moved. Right. Yep. Like you have to be dead inside <laughs> if, <laughs> if you're not moved by like a beautiful scenery or creation. And, and I think that's just kind of that connection to the heartbeat of, of who God is as we were created, um, in his image. And so there are those like sparks of joy throughout all creation that our our hearts and our souls connect to. Um, it also talks about in Scripture how joy is found in circumstances, weddings and celebrations, or in watching our children grow up, or you know just in friendship and intimacy that that we find with others. These are all kind of moments of things that are highlighted throughout scripture of, of being points of joy for our own lives. Um, happy moments. Yeah. Yeah. Happy moments. But there are also, um, within scripture, plenty of moments that point to the, the sorrows and the the down. Yeah. The fact that all of human creation is, you know, there are points of suffering and it's broken. Exactly. Um, it's broken because of the choices that we make, and um, we experience those kind of those points of brokenness because the world has fallen. It wasn't meant to be like that, but the idea of biblical joy, I think, encompasses all the happy moments and what do we do when we find ourselves kind of in the turmoil? Like, well, just understanding too that. I mean, like you said a minute ago, it, it ties directly or is tethered directly to hope and the understanding that God's perfect plan is still in place, mm-hmm. whether we're in a valley or on a, on a mountaintop. If we're at a wedding, birth mm-hmm. of a child, you know, it's easy to, to have joy in that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you think of like Job. Right. I mean, imagine the the hope and the patience that he had to have to endure all that he had and still held his joy through the entire time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And as I was going through and, and, and digging a little bit deeper into this, one of the ideas that came to mind for me was like that, like Job, but this idea of joy in the wilderness or wilderness joy, um, and how like, the nation of Israel being led out of Egypt after the end of their captivity. Once they get into the middle of the desert, 
they rejoice and they give praise to God. There, there's no plan. Like there's, there's nothing where they are currently, but they know that they can have hope and they can have joy in who God is in the moment. He's already brought them this far. Right. Yeah. Um, it's sort of this idea, and we've probably mentioned it before on other episodes, uh, the idea of his past faithfulness, God's past faithfulness, demands our present trust, right? And so all of that is kind of wrapped up in this hope, this kava, this waiting on the Lord that we talked about, mm-hmm. uh, and how that is so tethered to joy too. Like we are able to find you know, joy in the midst of turmoil because we have hope. We've seen what God's done in the past, and we can have hope for what he's going to be doing in the future. Ties into Mountaintops. Yes, Mountaintops episode. I knew it was there somewhere, so that's exactly right. Um, When you flash forward into the New Testament, and uh, immediately in um, the birth of Jesus, right? So now we're talking about Christmas. And the, the Luke chapter 2 passage that we probably both memorized as children as part of a, a church nativity play or whatever, but the angels show... A flannel board. A flannel board. Uh, <laughs> when the angels show up to the shepherds first, right? Mm-hmm. And there's so, much about, there's so much about this season, the Advent season, the celebration, the observance of, of what it really means. You know, Emmanuel, God with us, uh, the incarnate creator, you know, made flesh. Like, there's so many yeah. points of all of it that just, like, if you stop and you think, and you go back and go, wow. Like, the, you could spend a, well, we could do an entire season of podcasts just talking about how incredible this is. And uh, And I think one of the coolest parts about it is that you know, the first people to find out that Christ is here are the shepherds. Yeah. You know, like the cast off of society. Um, and the angels show up to them first and say, you know, good tidings of great joy. Right. And the significance of that, when you consider like this is after, like this is the, the breaking of the 400 years of silence from when Israel has fallen and Babylonian captivity, and all the time of the minor prophets who have been saying, you know, we're no longer hearing from God directly, like at the end of all of that, but he's coming back. Messiah is coming. Yeah. And so the significance of the, the breaking of that silence and the angels showing up to shepherds and saying, take great joy, right? You have persevered. You've held on in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of bondage, in the midst of oppression, and now Messiah is here. He wasn't what they were looking for, necessarily, you know, thinking that he was going to come in and you know, kick the Romans out and take over. So they kind of missed the point of some of that, but if you go through and you look at, at even how Christ was, was teaching, Jesus himself was kind of reiterating that wilderness joy mm-hmm. you know he wasn't he wasn't saying I'm, I'm going to build an army and we're going to kick the Romans out of Israel it was let me continue to teach you 
how to be joyful in the midst of turmoil, right? And that, that message should carry on even to where we are today. That should be something that we are able to resonate with and reflect in our own lives today. Uh, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, when, when Christ is talking about when people reject and persecute you for following me, be very glad, right? Still have joy. We should be persecuted for our faith today. Yeah. And we should be joyful. That we are. That we are. I think that's what wilderness joy looks like. And so that that hope, that waiting, that kavah is not for better circumstances like we talked about last week, but it's waiting for the fulfillment, the second coming. You know, we've seen the glimpse of it. We've seen we've seen we've seen God keeping his promises. Like that's Luke two. Good tidings of great joy. I'm breaking the silence and I've sent Messiah. So promises fulfilled. Now we cultivate wilderness joy where we are now in anticipation for the full, whether it happens in our lifetime or, you know, we get to watch from the other side of the mortal veil. We know that mm, that's a thought that this promise is going to be fulfilled. And so we should be able to cultivate joy in the wilderness that we are currently living in. So one of the, the, the coolest, and this will kind of tie in as we finish, we go to talk about love, but one of the coolest quotes that, that I came across is, as I was preparing for everything this week, um, it said, when you believe that Jesus' love has overcome death itself, Joy becomes reasonable in the darkest of circumstances. When you believe that Jesus' love. Mm. So it's that, it's that resting, that waiting, in the promise that will be fulfilled. Because we've seen every promise that has been made has been kept. That his love has overcome death itself. So, let's talk about that love. Because there's, there's a couple of really cool points, I think. I feel like this is, this is going to be climactic. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of those that, like, I, as I was preparing show notes, I was like, I think there's some stuff in here that you're really going to enjoy, Zach. Like, you're going to be like, oh, wow. Yeah, right? Um. So we're going to just kind of focus on Christ's love. And I think just like like it says in the Gospel of John, and I love this at the end of the Gospel of John when he's finishing up the, the, the Gospel, and he says, these are the things of Christ's life. But if you were to record everything that he did, all the books of the world couldn't contain it. And the majority of all of it was bathed in or seen through or filtered through Christ's love. And if you go through the New Testament and you start to consider um, what 
agape love is and you start to kind of line up some of those meanings what I found to be the most not mind-blowing but one of the, the most poignant moments in preparing for all of this was you know Christ's earliest followers didn't have the devotional books they didn't have the yeah. all the stuff um, to say here's what the definition of this new agape Christian Christ-centered love is, right? And so when they write about love fulfilled in the New Testament, it's based solely on Christ's example. And so they used Christ's own actions, his own words, the stories that were told or that were they as apostles witnessed in their own lives to redefine what the meaning and the very concept of love was based solely on Christ, right? So for me, the most poignant part of all of this is we, you know, start to, as we start to kind of land the plane and, and finish up kind of talking about Advent and, and closing out season one, I really think that a lot of what we've talked about throughout all of this and what's this whole season one and all of the things of, of why we do what we do, what mission means. Um, Christ's example was love defined, right? The like embodiment of love. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, the way that um, we can look at it, and, and we've talked about it we've, without being explicit, throughout many, many seasons of the slow drip. You know, we've talked about answering that, that imperative missional call, um, whether you are going or you're sending, um, but what it means to be obedient in the Great Commission. And so in that sense, it's like our love for God is expressed by how we love those around us, right? And the other side of the coin, the kind of both and is, and our love for those around us will show the evidence of how we love God. And that is the, the example that I think we have from Christ, right? It's not one or the other. It's the way that we lead our families, the way that we love our wives and lift them up, and uh, the way that we raise our children reflects our love for our creator and because we love our creator it also impacts how we choose to love others others and through all those examples through all of Christ's life and ministry genuine love for God and others means that we are seeking people's well-being over our own, that we're selfless. Um, we expect nothing in return and, and to live, live out every day missionally um, is kind of the, the fullness of that, right? Mm -hmm. If you think about it, that um, not only is Christ our example, right, of how to love those around us, um, but if you zoom out 
his entire life, beginning with the season that we're in right now and celebrating with Advent, his entire life, like to give up the throne room of heaven mm-hmm. and be born in a, a manger in a stable, to live a perfect life and become the sacrifice for us. Not only is he the example of how we love others, but zooming out, he's the evidence of God's love too. So it's perfect love embodied. Everything. Because we did deserve the other. Right. What what Israel was expecting mm. is what was deserved. Mm-hmm. Yes. The wrath of God mm-hmm. and the abrupt correction, I would say. Yes. That's a great way to put that, yeah. But instead coming as hope and peace and love Mm -hmm. and still giving the opportunity for us to accept it and to participate in his, in his will Mm -hmm. to be invited into the participation of something that is so much bigger than us. Right. And we can cultivate this kind of love, particularly this season, meditating on the fact that Christ, love incarnate, came down to serve others. And in, and in reflection, that's what this season um, can be what we focus on. And so just like the, the Christmas wreath, it keeps coming back full circle. Hope and peace. Joy and, and joy and love, right? So hope and joy go hand in hand, coming back full circle, meditating on the embodiment of love itself in God becoming incarnate flesh. At this time of year, we focus on that more. And that should usher in a sense of shalom, a peace a well-being of creation put back together. Mm. It doesn't always stay that way. And it's a hard concept to hold on to, which is why I think I love Advent over Christmas because it's that. How do I get there? How do I stay there? How do I cultivate this? Reflect this year round. Mm. Just keep coming back around the circle. But it's nice this time of year we have some more tangible visuals, right? The wreath, the the tree. Like even even if you think about it, like if you you put a Christmas tree up in your house. Mm-hmm. This should be a reminder of what Christ's end. He was born to die and hang on a tree. You know, so to take pause in this season to really look at how things come full circle around is beautiful. And I think maybe that's why the enemy strives so hard 
to distract us from so much of it. Well, that's a good point. You know, that's a, that's a good point. Cause if we were all to reflect on what this time is supposed to be, I mean, Christmas has been perverted into being something that it was never intended to be. Mm-hmm. And we justify it by, well, the wise men gave gifts. We can give gifts. But I mean, we justify it in like all these things are good things. And and you and take and you take any one of them and you're you're absolutely right. It's a good thing, but it's we've perverted it into a season of like we have to do all the good things. Or we have to do this and that's not the direction we should be looking. Right. Right. So my encouragement. So are we making a New Year's resolution in December? Well, you know, we don't do New Year's resolutions. Yeah, I know. Um but we do I already know what my word for the new year is going to be. Don't tell me. I won't. It's not time. Okay. Only Iris Luce knows what it is. But we'll let you know next season. But I would say this, you know, as as you are listening, um, there are all those good things. Mm -hmm. But at the heart of it all, and what we've talked about in the last two episodes is, you take all that aside just for a minute and And reflect, reflect on, yeah, really reflect on, on where our hope is, is our hope in the one, the only one that can bring true shalom to all creation. Right. And if we're hoping in that, then we can have joy in the middle of turmoil and dare, dare I say persecution Mm. which is what we should be striving for. And then through that, be able to love like Christ did. So Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us. It does feel like it's about time for a break. I think so. Um, any final? It's been a joy. It has been, not even to say that in a pandering way because we're talking about it, but it's been an absolute joy to do this with you this season. I'm looking forward to what season two will look like. Um, I'm talking to you, Zach. It's been a joy. Oh, oh, are you? To do this. Well, and it's been a joy to do this for those of you that are listening as well. And yeah. we... We are so thankful that you followed along with us on a crazy, crazy season one journey. Um, it has been that. That is, you can call a season many, many things, but crazy is high on the list. It is very high up there. Uh, from humble beginnings to Bolivia to Miami to road trips and everything, everything in between. between. Um, so yeah, I would say that uh, it's been a joy to to be able to participate, and I'm looking forward to what's coming next. Yeah, me too. So, thanks for joining us, um, dude. Go check out cisternacoffeecode.com if you need any last minute Christmas ideas. Um, but more than that, stop, rest, reflect on Advent. 
And we hope and pray that this season is a time that you can cultivate a little bit more of a meditative process into who our Creator is, how He loves us. And we'll see you in season two. Let's take a break. All right.